last week we, we started off this, I guess it's a series. It's Holy Spirit's been talking to me, so I guess it's a series. Um, and it is setting a foundation for glory. And we talked about um, things we covered before was that God loves what this church already has on it. So because I'm, I'm talking to God about church going, okay, Lord, what do you want to do here? And he, and he showed me all the things that he loved about our church. He loves the worship here. He loves the um, he loves the, the the positivity here. He loves the welcomeness. He's put us here in the middle of this of the central business district for a reason because he wants to infiltrate the kingdom. Just heard about that. Sorry, we want we want the kingdom to infiltrate the world. Is what I should say. Get that correct. Thanks, correcting me. That was me correcting myself. And um, the other things he wanted to add was that he wanted to um, he wanted to lay a foundation so that his glory could appear here, and that we could handle it. But I said, well, why can't we have your glory now? And he says, because they don't trust me, okay? Yeah, so a lot of people here going, yeah, but I trust you, Lord, but we could always trust him a bit more, couldn't we? We could always go another step closer. And that's intimacy with God, with the Father, allowing him in. And it doesn't take a lot for us, for his glory to be exposed to us. But it's hard if you don't trust that father, right? You were just talking about a father, right? Looking in my eyes, but you were like, he wasn't—he was angry with you. And now, if the father's angry with you, why would you want to spend time with the angry father? You know, when my dad turned up and he was angry, I was going to my mate's place. I was on my little push bike and I was down the road because they were awesome family. They weren't dysfunctional like my family. Turns out they were dysfunctional, but it was a much more loving version of dysfunction <laughs> than the one I was already in. So. So one aspect was that he wanted us to have that intimacy, which is being in relationship. Remember I talked about the car? All of us have got a car. It's parked outside on the road. We're not actually in our car right now, but we've got a car. So we've got a relationship, but we're not in relationship. And God was saying that I'm like that car. If you're not in me, we can't go anywhere. So, um, so that's one of the aspects is that relationship. We just talked about relationship with each other and giving out texts and that's that's one aspect of relationship. That's one of the things we want to see more of here. But also we want relationship with the Father. So we want to bring the Father into those things. Um, and the other part is that he just said about the simple gospel. He said the gospel has become so complex by a lot of people in the church or people have added to it. And so what I'm going to do today is shock horror. I'm going to talk about the gospel. Man, in a church of all places, right? So... Um, so I've had some fun uh, with the Holy Spirit with this this week. So um, let's start with, uh, oh, I've got the clicker, haven't I? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to learn all these preachery things like clickers and, and things like that. So if I do that, ooh, the gospel, good start, right? And um, by the way, talking to testimonies, because that's what we wanted to do as part of the remedy of what's going on here and getting to know God is getting to know how he relates to other people because he will relate to you very differently to, than he'll relate to me because there's so many aspects to God's personality because some people go oh God's a merciful God and he is but that's not just who he is don't leave it there so I want to encourage us as a church as a, as a as a community as a as friends as believers to grow even now you might go I know oh God I know Jesus what are you talking to me about I know him we're best mates, we're best buddies. You could still learn more, right? You can ask him another question. You could ask him what he thinks of something you're maybe a bit afraid to talk about. So um, so the gospel, uh, oh, back, back to testimonies, sorry. So the testimonies, you saw how powerful that was. 
don't be afraid, hands up, who would rather just hear testimonies all day than, than me preaching? Honestly, does that mean the rest of you would rather have me preaching? <laughs> oh, you guys are awesome. We'll see how that goes. We'll see how that goes. Well, I'll ask you again soon, eh? We'll see what that looks like. So, um, so with the gospel, we first need, because it's all right to preach the gospel, but if you're preaching to someone that doesn't know why they need the gospel um, or what the gospel is and who it's about, those, the, those things can be an issue, right? But the Holy Spirit will penetrate regardless of where they're at, right? Holy Spirit we know is powerful. But I'd still like us to lay a foundation in what that means. And so I'm going to walk through some basic stuff in a way that I see it to help you uh, with your journey. And also maybe, maybe I have a feeling I'm going to show you another lens, a way of looking at Jesus that, that you'll really enjoy. Um, I learned something the other day. Um, we've got um, Janelle and um, Nikita and myself and a few others meet on a Zoom meet every Wednesday morning. Um, oh, Thursday now, isn't it? Um, at 7 o'clock in the morning, we meet on this Zoom, and he, we, I call him my mentor, but he's really my father. He's a, he fathers me. So it's the difference between a mentor and a father or a mother. Um, in the kingdom, we do fathering and mothering. We don't do mentoring. Is that, is that, like, it's a shocking statement sometimes. In the world, they do mentoring, which means you book a time and then you go. Whereas what we like to do is we like to walk with people through life. The same way Jesus did when he was on the earth. He walked with the disciples. He was fathering them. And he's fathering us. And now we have the Holy Spirit to father us. But also we, we, we can find people in our lives. There's people right now that you would love to get. You probably find that God will put you next to someone. And you're meant to walk that journey with them. Even when they don't like you. Even when they've got a problem with you. Because that's what a father does. A father doesn't leave his children. He doesn't just go, well, you're not my son anymore. Yeah? A good father. That's mothering too, by the way. But anyway, I'm going all over the show here. Um, it's all good? So um, so we need to know, um, was there a point to that mentoring thing? Oh, yes. So, <laughs> get used to me now. So he said something really profound that it really blew me away. And he said that um, a lot of times we have a, a picture of something. Like I always thought of it as, oh, you've got a picture of God and it's not an accurate, accurate picture. Like, um, I'll give an example. If you went to a party, if we all went to a party and we just ducked our head in the door of the party and then came back in and you told me what you saw, we would all see different aspects of that party. Oh, there was some couple dancing and there was a guy being sick in the corner, you know? Or there was a baby crying and there was a couple arguing, you know? Or there was three people doing, um, doing crazy shots and throwing a dice or something. Who knows? So, and he said something really profound. He said, people's perception is more like a painting. And, and I was like, oh, how does that work? And so if I got you to um, look out that foyer there, and there's a whole bunch of people doing, having a party out there, and I got you to draw it, we would all draw different things. We would all have different artist versions. The cool thing is, and the thing is you might not draw, you might be focused on the negative. You might see something that's not so good, and you'd focus on that and make that all bright and whatever. The cool thing is with a painting, you can paint over it. That's the difference. With a picture, you can't change the picture, not really. You know, it's a picture. So anyway, I thought that was really cool. So I'm drawing it. I want to change the painting. I want to, I, want to, I want to enhance the painting. I want you to add things to the painting of who you see our father is. So um, hopefully that makes sense. So we're going to come back to this, the gospel. It's a, the, 
The gospel, by the way, the meaning of the word gospel is good news. If it isn't good news, it's not the gospel. And so many times I've heard preachers, and this is where I got in trouble. For three years, I was wandering around. It wasn't. It didn't come from the front, by the way. We had amazing pastors that never did this. But I'd go home because I wanted to know about what this whole thing is with my journey in Christ. Like, what does it mean? And I'd watch videos, and I'd have, there would be things added to, to it that would give me condem- condemnation. And they would make me feel ashamed, and they would make me feel, they were sin-focused. There we go. That's the best way to put it. They were focused on sin. Christ, if anything in the Bible is true, it's about belief. It's what you believe. He's obviously he's concerned with what we do, but it's not as important as what we believe. Belief comes and then our actions come from that. But so many preachers come up here and they're focused with behavior. But this is not going to come from this pulpit. We're going to be talking about belief. We're going to be talking about faith things that are spiritual and supernatural, we're not going to be talking about things so much like and being so concerned with the sin aspect. Um, Now, that can be taken out of context. Please hear me right. I'm not saying it's good to sin and it's okay to sin. Um, Sin has consequences. When you're in Christ, you are saved. That can't be taken away. You can't sin your way out of salvation. That might be controversial, Sin will cause problems here on this earth. There's consequences to that. And there is a price for sin if you're not saved, if you don't give your life to Christ. I'm sort of jumping ahead of myself. But these are the sort of... Con- We're going to unravel these things, and I'm going to show you in places in the Bible. We're going to go to some hard verses about this sort of stuff. This is the gospel of grace. It's a gospel of grace. You said earlier, it's what he's done for us. It's not what we can do for him. It's about that, okay? So... The gospel, I mean, I said as well last week, the gospel, the Bible is not the gospel. The Bible is the word. The gospel's in the Bible, but we need to remember we don't have to do all the things that are in the Bible to be saved. That might be controversial. And I never understood this, to be honest, guys. So I'm going to try and pretend that I'm sitting here uh, three years ago as a new Christian, or four, five years ago as a new Christian, sorry going, how does this thing work, okay? So I'm going to treat it like that, but at the same time, there's going to be revelation. By the way, revelation, just think of pulling back a sheet, and it reveals something. It's revelation. Think of the water pulling back from the sea, and it reveals what was on the beach, and all the stars, and uh, sorry, all the starfish, and all the um, shells. That's revelation. Don't get scared by that word, revelation. It says in revelation! So, um, depends how we say it, doesn't it? So, so, who, what, and why? We'll come back to that in a second. Good news versus fake news. There's a lot of fake news. I just mentioned that. There's a lot of fake news about the gospel or with the gospel. We're concerned with the good news. Good news is good news, right? It's, and it, you can tell when it's good news. It's not saying that when, when you're sinning is okay. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that the good news is the good news. He brought, came to bring good news. The reason he needed to bring the good news is what we're going to talk about next. Oops, that's not next. Oh, here we go. So, I'm going to give a brief description of what this is. The word covenant. So, a covenant is an agreement. It's an agreement that's had. So, if you look at the Bible, let's grab my Bible here. Oopsie, I should have brought that. should have been ready for this. So, the Bible, I, I said last week, is this is a history of covenant relationships with God 
and his beloved, us. That's the relationship through time. So I want you to imagine a timeline, and right at the bottom of this timeline, I was going to draw this, but I didn't know how to do graphics. I'm just learning this preaching thing, so I'm going to get good at that stuff. But just imagine, if you will, so at the very beginning, right, God created the heavens and the earth, and he did it for us. Let's face it. He did it for us. Because, and why did he do it for us? Because he wanted to be in relationship with us. Because it pleased him. He didn't have to do it. So how that he, you know, well, thinking, well, you got, you can do anything you want. He decided to create us. And he created a place for us. It was a perfect place, a place called Eden. And then we had the fall, right? So just, um, this is a very basic overview, right? So at the fall, that's when sin was introduced. They went against the word of God. They didn't believe him. There was, dis- un- there was unbelief. And then from that moment, there was new covenants had to be dis- established because God was holy and he could no longer have that relationship. This is a better way of saying it. There's probably a better way than that. But he couldn't have that deep relationship like he had with Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve would wander the gardens and they would just be in relationship with God and he would walk with them and he would talk with them, that sort of thing. And so when that happened, when they... When they ate of the, tru- uh, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, <laughs> my brain is not working great. I've got hay fever all of a sudden. Nelson's hay fever is rampant. Come against that in Jesus' name. <laughs> we rebuke you. <laughs> so, um, so we had this relationship. And then through the, through the Bible in the beginning, you see these covenant relationships. It's agreements he has with people, like with Noah. When he, was with, he said to Noah, I will no longer flood the earth. That was a covenant. He says, I'm making a covenant with you. I will no longer flood the whole earth. And people say, oh, it was a flood last week down at Waimati. It was, he would not flood the earth, you know, the whole earth and destroy the earth. He made that covenant. It's a covenant. Our marriages are a covenant relationship, not just with each other, but with, with God. When we bring Christ into this, we have a relationship. We have a covenant and that, on that basis of the covenant, then we can meet each other, you know. With, um, a, a, it's, it's an agreement. Like, let's say um, you have a, we live in a house at the moment. We're renting a place. There's an agreement that, like some places, you're not allowed a dog. You're not allowed a cat, you know. If you have a dog or a cat, then you're breaking the covenant. It's just, it's just uh, how we meet each other. And it's an agreement. Luckily, we've got, we're allowed to have our cat, well, our dog, and mostly. But, um, so... And then as the relationship goes, goes through, then, then uh, there's lots of different variations in, in the covenants. Abraham has a relationship with God, and it's a personal relationship with God. He's known as the man of faith. They love faith. Like in the Bible, faith is the thing that's held up, right? It's the currency. It's a beautiful thing. So Abraham has this covenant with, uh, sorry, has, an, has a relationship with God, and God says, and he's in charge of this. Um, he's ruling over the, over the earth, over the Jews. And he says, I want these, uh, I want the people to come up to me at the mountain and meet with me. And they're like, no, 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 no. You go, Abraham, you go and talk to God. We'll just stay down here and just do whatever he says. And so he goes up there, and this is a real bad version of the Bible, by the way. And he says, um, God says, I wanted to make them priests and kings, but they don't want, they don't, don't know, they don't want to be priests and kings, like they had a chance to be that, and they were like, no, 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 I just want to, they just want us to give, just, like, I went and spoke to them, they're just like, just give us rules, and we'll follow those rules, all right, God, because we just want to do whatever you say, right, and then, so he goes down, and he comes down with the Ten Commandments, and slams it down, and says, right, and God says to them in the, in the Bible, he says about that 
these commandments, he just says, if you follow these commandments, if you, if you follow all of my commandments, you'll be blessed in all your days, and your children will be blessed, and the blessings upon blessings, and it just goes on and on and on and on. And then, if people read on, they say the next bit, it says, however, if you, if you disobey one of my commandments, you'll be cursed, and all the curses, and the curses go on a lot longer than the blessings do. And so, what's interesting about the law, um, a lot of people try and bring law into into the new covenant we're under a new covenant by the way i'm going to get to that but a lot of people try and bring the law into that the law actually was it was finished on the day of the cross when he when he said it is finished the law but you can still obey the law if you want if you want the curses go for it obey that law the law is written in our hearts now thanks to the holy spirit so we'll work our way up to that so here's the law, and the law is going out throughout the land, and constantly people are breaking the law. No one's really keeping the law fully. People are trying their best, trying their best, trying to please God. If you notice, there's no need for God if you have the law. Does that make sense? He, it, it's, they ask for something that means you don't need him, whereas he wants to be in relationship. Remember, he built the whole thing for us, to be in relation with him, in a relationship. He wants a relationship with us, and here we are denying it, going, I'm all good, Dad, just send me some rules, and I'll be good, and I'll never need you. That's basically law. And so you can see why this has happened. And then over time, the last 300 years of the law, it got really firm. The Pharisees were going hardcore on the law, and there was, I think by the end of it, there was 200 and something or 300 and something laws that you had to abide by. What was that? 613. I'm glad we've got intelligent people here as well. Thanks, Isaac. He's my go-to. He's probably thinking, man, this is a terrible, this is like, he's going through, he's like crossing all that. So, 613 laws, woohoo! So, and you had to, and all the sacrifices that had to go on, all the sacrifices to cleanse, and they had to be so atoned, and all these cleansing rituals, and so that was the, the world they lived in. There was no need for a relationship with God, because they could, they, you just couldn't have one, because you had all these laws, and you're breaking them anyway, so you're constantly in sin. And then... Christ turns up. He is, the, he is the final sacrifice. He is the lamb, like they always used to sacrifice a lamb. He is the final sacrifice. He is the ultimate sacrifice because he's God himself coming to earth and then getting um, and being punished for all of our sins, past, present, and future. That's nuts if you get that. That means Christ paid the price for the sin that you're going to do tomorrow. Is he concerned about sin? Or is he concerned about being in relationship? He wants a relationship with us. So I'm hoping someone here is this, this maybe one person here that's getting this for a brand new way of looking at this. So we get through this, and this is what the, this is the beautiful part. When I got this message of grace and realized that I didn't do anything to deserve it, it's not based on my actions, it's based on his. He died on the cross, and he said, he said, all you have to do is believe in the one who sent, who, who was sent, which is himself. You just have to believe in Jesus Christ. You have to believe who he is and accept him into your heart. That, that's it. That's salvation done. doesn't mean your life's going to be great from now on. It can be. You have the potential for that because sin can still creep in. And you can still have that sort of thing going on. But if you've accepted Christ, you've got a ticket. You get you you make it. Now a lot of people don't like this bit because they think, oh, this is grace gospel. This is where people start getting carried away and they start taking away these rules from everyone. They're gonna run rampant. 
They'll do whatever they want. But that's, but when you have the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's the teacher. He's the corrector. You can't, it's difficult to sin once you accept the Holy Spirit. And honestly, I've, I've tried, I've tested it. <laughs> I've tested it out. It was really hard. You can do it. You can do it. But he'll make it so difficult. I used to drink a lot. I used to drink, it had crept in a lot because I was a very unhappy man and I was drinking a lot of alcohol most nights. Most nights I'd end up having a couple of bourbons and um, the Holy Spirit gently took that from me. I asked him to take it from me because um, I realised it had become an issue. I'd started doing like, I'd sneakily, I'd do a guitar lesson like online and I'd have a can of bourbon just off to the side. They wouldn't see it. Just not talking all day here, but um, it was getting... It was getting to the stage where, you know, oh, it's four o'clock, I could probably crack open a drink, it's a hot day. You know, you justify it. I'm just here by myself cracking open a drink. And I'm sharing that, by the way. I'm not, I'm not um, proud of that. But at the same time, I'm also not ashamed. I don't have shame anymore. He took that away from me. You know, hallelujah. <laughs> he took that away from me. But the Holy Spirit gently took that away. I started realizing I didn't actually enjoy the taste anymore. I used to love it. And I didn't enjoy the feeling of when I'd get that. And I wouldn't even get kind of tiddly anymore. It was, it's a lot, and it, sometimes you don't want to get rid of, you know, you go, Holy Spirit, don't take that. I enjoy that. And he'll honor that if you want it to. But if you more you get into him, he's like, oh, you're a slave to it. I was a slave to that drink. And I realized, why did he take it from me? Because I was enjoying it. But I was a slave to it. He wants us to, to set us free. Cool. So um, it's probably the only good thing I've said so far. I'm going all over the show. <laughs> Far out. <laughs> so Christ came. He was the, the ultimate sacrifice. When he was on earth, he spoke of the kingdom. He's speaking about what's to come. But he's also come to save us and to rescue us and to give us freedom on the cross. When he died on the cross, he took all of our punishment with him. He died for everything. He, he paid for every sin. Because God is a just God and there needs to be payment. But he, so Christ paid it. With, so his, he sent his son to pay for it for us. So there's nothing you can do to make yourself more saved. Does that make sense? Just accept them. And you're done. Which I never knew that. Because I'd hear you have to be this and you have to give the law and I'll make sure you obey all the laws and, and uh, oh, what's about this extra thing you've got to do. And oh, you gotta, if, you didn't, if you didn't feel that, then you're not saved. And oh, you were saved early on, and then you did the sin. And now you're not saved, and you've got to repent. And you've got to, all these things, right? Repentance is a beautiful word. Repentance is, comes from, I think, the word metanoia, which means to change your thinking. Repentance isn't, I was doing this, and I'm a horrible person. I need to do this. Now I'm a good person. Repentance is more like a plane with a navigation system. And if you know about a plane when it's flying, at 90%, 99% of the time, it's off course. It's constantly going in a direction, but it's just slightly off. I've, I've flown one for a little while. Just, I got the controls for a little bit. Didn't, long story. And then um, you find that you're, you're kind of sideways going through the sky. It's kind of weird. Um, but yeah, you're, you're, it's, repentance is just turn your eyes upon Jesus. Seek first the kingdom of God. That's all it is. It's not... It's, for some people, yeah, you might need to turn further. But it's just turning your eyes on what he wants to, what to do and what he wants to say in your heart. That's the focus. It's just a small, that's repentance. But anyway, so, so we get saved and then we have this life now with 2,000 years. Christ 
died and he paid the price back then. But what happened after that, Paul comes along, right? And Paul is hit with the Holy Spirit, changes his whole life. Absolutely, um, he wrote the, the most of the New Testament. In the New Testament, he talks about grace. And then we hear of the grace of God. And he says about what Christ has done. And he's constantly, what you might not realize when you're reading the Bible, you look at the covenant relationships we have, the, the letters that he wrote were to different churches that he had founded that were messing up because they kept going back to law. Now, if you have a, a husband or, or a partner that is abusive, a lot of times you'll, you'll know people that have a husband or partner that's abusive and they leave and then they go back again. That's the law. We go back to the law because it feels safer. It feels more familiar sometimes, even though it's we're getting punished in that environment. But we're here to get set free. Now, the brave people are the ones that go, no, I have faith. I have faith in Jesus Christ that he's going to heal me from those things. And he's going to reveal when I'm going back to law, you know. So religion is based in law. Make sure you do all these things, you know. There's still things we're probably breaking out as a church. There's probably things that we need to shake off right here in this room. Pentecostals can be some of the worst because we think that we need to have this crazy uh, place where we're all dosed in the spirit and we're all experiencing these crazy experiences. But where's And that's awesome when that happens, but Holy Spirit wants to do profound changes in you, wants to, wants to take you to the glory, wants to make you better. Not because you're no good, because they're excited about you coming into your fullness. Holy Spirit wants you to come into your fullness. So, um, so, so this is why we need the gospel, okay? So that's the why question going back to oh, this one here. What happened? I just said what happened, right? He died on the cross for us. And so who is he? So he is Jesus. He is, our, um, this, is our, this is our father. This is our... Um, this is our relationship. This is where our relationship is. We just heard a great example with Sheree just talking about that relationship part. Um, and someone here might be like that, I feel, not able to look Jesus in the eye because you're bit ashamed of something. You don't want to give it to him. Um, just felt that something, that someone needed to hear that, but that's not the truth. He'll meet you where you're at. So, uh, so let's go talked about good news and fake news. I'm just trying to put this in an order and it doesn't work, does it? You put it in order and it doesn't work like that. Holy Spirit says, now let's do this next. So the good news versus fake news. I just want to warn you guys and that when we go online and we look at things, we need to look at through the lens of the good news. What, did the, was it, what does it really say in the Bible? And then we're going to show some stuff that's taken out of context that a lot of people have believed wrong. I believe it believed wrong. You might have, you might have a different opinion. But to me, I've, I know the Father. I know his personality. He's not schizophrenic. He's not all loving and a complete tyrant that will just crazily do something stupid and, and evil. Do you know what I mean? He's holy, holy, holy. <laughs> And when I got the gospel of grace, when I realized it, it was like, it's too good to be true. That means you've got it. If you think it's too good to be true, you've, you've, you're right there, because it is. And it, the other thing is, there's people that love justice in this room. Right here, I know there's people that love justice. We can't wait for, for, the, for the rapture. And they're all going to be left there, and they're going to pay a price. That's not loving. <laughs> That's not love. And that's all. if you've got a justice heart, that's fine. 
it's a different, but you, it's just a twist once again, that repentance, turn your eyes upon Jesus, that justice heart is a good thing, but he already paid the price. The price was already paid. You just have to accept it. Um, yeah, I think I've covered that. Good news versus fake news. So the covenants, we've talked about the covenants. We are in the best covenant that's, that's ever been, apart from Adam and Eve, when they were in a presence in the garden. There was no need for the Bible when Adam and Eve were around, because they were already in the presence of the Lord. There was no need for a story of the covenants. So interesting, that when you think about that. So we need the Bible. We need the Word. It speaks to us in the Word. Uh, we also need to make sure we're not, we're not just a New Testament, we're a New Testament believers, but we don't disregard the Old Testament. <laughs> so uh, I've been, I've felt like that's, I, at one stage I was very guilty of that. I was just, but I, but I was so obsessed because I wanted to learn more about this new covenant and grace. Um, and that's fine, whatever season you're in, but don't disregard the rest. It's actually power in it. And there was love all the way through the Bible. It's just with that relationship. Anyway, guess if I covered that. So we're in the best covenant. So the gospel. So the simple gospel we're going to get to. Now, there's lots and lots of simple gospels, but let's just have a look. The, gospel's, the gospel is the good news that we are in union, in union with Christ. We get to be in union with Christ. How? Oh, all our good behavior. We're going to have to work our way up the ladder. We're going to have to run up this escalator to get to the kingdom. No, none of that. There's no striving. We cannot do anything about that other than one thing, and that is accept that he is who he says he is, and we get all of this. Union with Christ. Union with the Father. We are saved. We are saved. Isn't that the best news? You can't give a gift back once you're given a gift. It's a gift. You've been given the gift. You can do what you want with the gift but he's not going to take it back. You are forgiven. Oh, some people need to hear that. You are forgiven. Yes, but. This is the thing. There's a whole bunch of yes, buts. We're going to go through in the next six months. We're going to unravel the the buts. Yeah? We're going to make the only buts be the ones that are on our seats. All right? You are loved. In that song, we were just singing it today with um, the good, good father. Who, who I am, I am loved by you, that's who I am, I'm loved, you're loved, we are loved. By the way, those songs were so on point, I don't know if I spoke to you, Matt, where are you, Matt? There, I don't know if I spoke to you about what I was going to talk about, the gospel, but all those songs were gospel related, did you know that? And the second song, and the last song, I Come to the Altar, that was literally the gospel. You could, what, you could listen to that song and say the words of that song and you are you are understanding the gospel. Pretty cool. And then we'll get to that in a second. So also, we are accepted. Accepted. That is beautiful. What was the thing? I saw. I heard something the other day. I wrote it down because I thought it was relevant. Uh, it's not an invitation to accept Jesus, but the stunning announcement that Jesus accepts you. <sighs> Isn't that cool? <laughs> We are righteous. Now, this is careful. We're not self-righteous. Self-righteousness is different. We are righteous because of what he did, because he is righteous. 
and we are in him, so therefore we have his righteousness. We can talk about more of that later on, but that's an exciting topic. We are holy. <gasps> Can't say that. Ooh, there's going to be people walking out now. But if he is holy and I'm in him, surely I must be holy. Yeah? We are new. We are a new creation. We're born again. We're born again. Like when Jesus came, he was the second Adam, a lot of people say. He was born again. The first Adam died when Jesus came because Jesus came, he was born again. Often he's called second Adam. So we are a new creation. Not, and not so much physically. We are physically, but initially spiritually. It takes a while for our flesh to catch up. Yeah? When we change a belief, doesn't mean our whole body changes that day too. Like, oh, I believe I'm going to be healthy and fit and strong. And then you go to the gym. It's going to take a wee while for your body to catch up to where your brain is at, right? So spiritually, we're on a journey together for this holiness, for this glory that's going to come through this roof one day. So I'm thinking soon. It's up to us and up to him. And the last one there is royal. Royal is where we're going. We are royal by when we accept our position. It's not because of what we did. Oh, I did all these things, so now I've got this promotion, and now I'm royal. No, you just accept who you are, and you are royal. If you are a son or a daughter of a king, and you end up roaming the wilderness, you don't know that you're actually royal, because you'd never met your parents. You are royal. This is what happens when we accept Christ. We get adopted into the kingdom, and we get to be royal. Because we were royal from the start. We just didn't know it, and now we know it. So that's what that means. So one of the, um, and the royal part, by the way, the royal part, I'm just going to mention about this. I'm always wanting to move on to royal, you know, who we are, our inheritance. But we can't get there unless we accept and we get a, a, a revelation of grace, of our acceptance, and that we are already in the kingdom. When we know we're in the kingdom, we can finally do something about it. And we can bring the kingdom to earth. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Thy kingdom come. This is the whole thing. When he said about the praying. Our Father. Not my Father. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Holy, holy, holy are you. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth. Yeah? So good. You guys are and continue on if you want with that. Awesome prayer. Such a good prayer. So um, I'm just wrapping up here, guys, very soon. So John 3.16, I'm wearing a T-shirt that has that on it. Um, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. This is the gospel. That whatsoever, whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's good news. (laughs) That's the gospel, okay? And... um, I just want to give you some fun examples of, of some Gospels that I've uh, just wrote down here that I've gotten from an amazing book. Have I got the book here? No, I have. There's a, there's a really cool book called The Gospel in Ten Words by Paul Ellis. Anyone else seen this book before? You know this book? Absolutely, line for line, gem after gem, and it's just beautiful. Really easy read. Really easy read right here, and talks about the simplicity of the Gospel too. Um, and he was the same. He was deeply in law and thought he was being a good Christian until he discovered grace. And then, anyway, that's what that's about. So, John Calvin said this, 
The Son of God, oh, this is his gospel, this is what he said about the gospel, or the, what the gospel was wrapped up. The Son of God became the Son of Man, and that the sons of man might become sons of God. Isn't that cool? Here's one that was, uh, receive Christ and you'll become as clean as he is, as free as he is, and as close to the Father as he is. Forget all the stuff I said. Some of these things are more powerful sometimes, you know? Um, in God's family forever by his work and his power. That's what we get to accept. Here's the cutest one. Jesus loves me. Yes, I know. For the Bible tells me so. That's the gospel. Um, I'll end with the, uh, uh, one little story. So I'm talking about this with the Holy Spirit, and um, Holy Spirit starts showing me this is such a... For me, this is... We'll see how this goes, because this is, this is how he talks to me, okay? He's going to talk to you differently. And I'm talking like about the gospel, and I'm, getting, I'm thinking about what I'm going to preach about and how I'm going to present it. And then he says, uh, shows me this um, knock at the door. And so I go to the door, and I open the door, and just imagine this from, for, for, for a moment. So the house is your life. And then you go to the door and you knock at the, there's a knock at the door and you open the door and it's Jesus, but he's wearing a plumbing outfit. So he's got overalls and he's got JC plumbing on his thing and he's got a tool belt and he said, um, you called me? And I'm like, don't remember calling you. And he says, oh, you were, and he says, no, no, you were doing some plumbing before and you hit your thumb and you yelled out my name. And... And he said, so I'm here. And, and, he, and so you, you might be like, well, I don't need your help. I don't need you. Why do I need you? And then Jesus looks over your shoulder. And in the background, and you look back, in the background, there's sewage coming out of the toilet. And it's going into the hallway. You've got taps that are leaking. You've got sprit, like all these pipes. And there's, there's like leaks springing out of the pipes. And he goes, oh, yeah. Don't need me. And he goes... And he's all right, you're right, all right. So maybe I, maybe I do have a few issues that need sorting out. But what's it going to cost? And he goes, Jesus said, well, the price is actually really heavy. <laughs> but I'm going to pay it. And you're going to be like, bro, what? You're not? And he's like, my dad's the boss. And he said, you have to pay it. And he's like, so what are you going to do? And he goes, well, I'm going to come in now. I'm going to clean you up. We can take our time. Quick as you want to do it, we'll do it. We're going to clean up that surge. We're going to clean up those pipes. We're going to put brand new pipes all the way through it. And we're going to pick up the tab. And you're going to go like, I don't deserve that. And he goes, it's not what my dad said. My dad said, you're actually worth it. And he would do it again. You're more than worth it. And he said, and the guy at the door, and he goes, but that's not fair. You shouldn't have to pay for what I've done. You know, I'm, I caused all these issues in my house. And he goes, exactly. That's how good the father is. And he said, not only that, if you go and decide to do some more repairs and stuff it up, I'll come back and fix it all for free, forever. It's a good deal. It's a good deal. 
It's a cool analogy, eh? And that's how he talks to me. And then he, um, so there he said, if we go back, I just want to quickly, because this is what I was, um, oh, actually, oh, I got it. Have I got it? Just go to the, there. Who is he? He's the plumber. What is he going to do? He's going to fix all the plumbing issues in the house. Why? Because you deserve it. So we need to know why. People need to know why do I need Jesus? Why do I need Jesus? You know, that's part of what I was doing here with that, with that analogy. But hopefully it blessed you. 